the beginning of the job interview process, you're just a piece of paper. Another resume submitted for the gig. You get piled up with the other papers and before you even know it, you've been placed into one of two piles, the no's or the yeses. This is the show all about getting you into the yes pile. Hey, welcome to the Yes Pile, the show that helps you transform your professional persona to land you where else? In the Yes Pile of candidates for your dream job. I'm your host, Tessa Wolf. I'm a recovering corporate manager turned career coach. I've coached hundreds of professionals in my career and I've interviewed thousands more. And now I'm here to help you navigate this brave new world and to provide you with simple and actionable advice for success at any stage of your career. My goal, help you land your perfect job and then kick ass at it. So whether you're putting off drafting that resume, actively on the job hunt, navigating hurdles in your current role, or considering a complete career switch, I'm here to share my best tips and tricks to position you for success. Today, we are going where I know you don't want to. One of the most despised, detested, and drab parts of the job application process, the cover letter. Dun, dun, dun. So, okay, before you tune out or turn off thinking, I don't really need a cover letter, I'm applying online, or my friend is literally walking my resume in the door, let me tell you. In a recent study, nearly 30% of hiring managers have reported making their hiring decision based off of a candidate's cover letter. Yeah, whoa. So that's literally a third of the time they're deciding whether or not to hire a person. That decision has hung on their cover letter. That's kind of crazy, right? Before they even get to your resume or the interview, they've made up their mind whether or not you're a reliable candidate for this job that should move forward based on your letter. So unfortunately, my friends, we still need cover letters in this day and age, but have no fear because today the Yes Piles Cover Letter Bootcamp is here for you. And also, before we dig in, I just have to say, if it sounds like I'm in a horror movie or a music video or a wind tunnel, I am. Um, I'm in the latter. No, we are having a storm here on the East Coast, a spring storm. So there's crazy wind today, but I did not want to delay releasing this amazing episode for you guys because I know a lot of people are applying to a lot of jobs right now, and I want to make sure that we could be of service. So today, I am going to help take the guesswork out of crafting a winning cover letter here from the middle of a windstorm, helping you alleviate some of your worries and woes as you want to apply for these jobs that are hot on the market. There are a ton of them out there right now. And I really wanna help you be considered for the job of your dreams. So when we think about cover letters in general, you know, a cover letter's goal is really to introduce yourself and your professional prowess in a way that ties your skills to the responsibilities of the role you're applying for. So it's truthfully about outlining how you are the ideal candidate for the job in really clear, specific, and concise terms that are reflective of and relevant to the job posting. You can't forget that part. Oh, and you have to do all of this in a single page. No pressure. 
But the thing I love most about cover letters, and yes, there is something to love, is that a cover letter is also where you can add a personal notation that wouldn't normally go on your resume. Like maybe the fact you're relocating to a new area. It's where you can show off a little bit of your personality, showcase that tone of voice that's uniquely you, and also share why you're passionate about the company, the product, or even the company's mission. And yes, I hope you are passionate about one of those things, and the cover letter's the best place to really convey that prior to the interview. So instead of dreading the cover letter, I want you to think of it as your, but wait, there's more. It's really a landscape for when your resume is killer. But there's just one more way you want to showcase or say that you are the best candidate for the role. This is a place where you can really contextualize your work history and passions and make them specific to this new job you're applying for in ways that may actually be a bit impossible on your resume. And yes, you do need to create a unique cover letter for every job you apply for. But after today, that is no longer going to be such a chore. Because today I'm going to share with you my proprietary winning formula for crafting a cover letter that counts. And let me tell you, I have made hundreds of cover letters using this exact formula just this year, and I've helped people land some pretty epic gigs, and I'd like to think the cover letter is a part of that. And honestly, guys, it is not complicated at all. And once you get this formula down, you should be able to craft this in all of 20 minutes or less. I, someone actually texted me the other day. They're like, I am down to a 10 minute cover letter uh, and it is still great, still strong. I just know the formula and that's what I hope for you too. So I want to start by telling you we're gonna demystify the cover letter and just think of it in four parts. The introduction, the role overview, what I call the marriage, which really means you marrying your qualification to those of the role, and last, the closing. Seems simple enough, right? So let's dig into each of these parts and talk about how you build it out. So part one, the introduction. Your very first paragraph should be an introduction to who you are. It should be a professional overview using your professional title And if you haven't, check out episode three where we talk about resumes and titles and the importance. So if you need help with that, check out episode three. But it should be your professional overview using your professional title and a description of your work experience and your specialties, your key focuses. And I wanna make sure that when you're writing that, you pull forward keywords from the job posting. It's really important that you use the hiring company's own language to help them immediately recognize that you're a good fit. So if you're reading the job posting and they're using words like optimize or leadership, you should use those words too. Now, in addition to you introducing yourself and potentially highlighting a couple of killer wins and accomplishments you have that make you the perfect candidate for this role, This intro is also a wonderful place to highlight your why. The reason this job speaks to you. Let's convey your enthusiasm and passion. Let's show them you're a dedicated employee, a person of commitment, and tell the reader that you'd be an awesome addition to their team because of these things. Again, contextualizing all of this for the role, but in your intro, you can show off your wins and your personality. Be bold. 
Be honest. Be focused, right? The hardest part will be keeping this to a single paragraph. But your intro is who you are, what you do, and why you're interested in the role. Now, moving on, part two, the role overview. So this is where you're going to show the hiring manager that you truly understand the importance this role plays in the organization. This will be the most work you probably have to do in crafting the cover letter, but it's not even that bad. So what I want you to do is review that job posting with an eye towards identifying the three most standout tasks, responsibilities that this role lists, right? The things you know contribute to the bottom line of the company. And what I want you to do is identify those job responsibilities that you know have to happen in order for this role to make an impact in the greater organization. And just to help you think through it, these are not going to be things like good communication skills. This would actually be something more like has the ability to review complex data sets and make recommendations for process changes. These three things you're going to identify should be specific, tangible, and impactful core responsibilities of the role. So once you've done that, once you've identified, okay, these are like the three things that this job has to get done in order to make an impact. In your second paragraph, you're going to say, in reviewing the opportunity, I understand that you are looking for someone who, and I want you to insert those three things clearly here. And what this does is it actually sets you up for part three. The marriage is what I called it. And now I call it the marriage because this part three, this third paragraph is where you're going to merge the two of you together, the role and the core responsibilities and you this amazing experienced candidate who understands the business needs of the organization and is more than capable of delivering. In this section, I want you to clearly state your past experience and expertise that sets you up to not just do those three things you covered, but excel at them. Here is where you tell the hiring manager you are the perfect candidate to tackle those core responsibilities that will make an impact to their organization. And you're going to back it up with specific experience around those three things. So let me tell you, this is also just a great gut check, right? And I always tell people, apply for a job you're not qualified for, sure. If you are smart enough to figure it out and you have enough foundational knowledge and experience, go for it. But as you're crafting the cover letter, if you identify those three things that have to happen for this role to be successful, and you don't know that you can do that, it's time to gut check yourself on whether or not you should be applying for this. That aside, ideally, when you're writing the cover letter, in this marriage section, you're going to pull specific experience, hopefully with tangible results associated, in those three areas that they need someone to kick ass at, okay? That's simple. So one way to say it, and there's a lot, there's a lot of ways to intro this marriage paragraph, but a very simple way in is, I'm the best candidate for this role because of my expertise in, and then share your experience in those top three areas that you noted in the paragraph above and give specific examples. So I'm gonna come up with one just to contextualize this. I am the best candidate for this role because of my experience in net new sales. In my last role, 
I grew my numbers by 30% receiving a insider award from the organization. See, what you're doing is demonstrating, I got this, and that's all you wanna do in the marriage. Pull facts from your background to say, I can do the thing you need done and do it well, okay? And in this marriage section, I always advise clients to also include a cultural nod at the end, something that tells the reader, you've done some homework, you know who the company is and what they stand for, Maybe it's a cause they're committed to or a cultural commitment they've made to their employees that you saw on Instagram or a LinkedIn article. And so as you're closing out that paragraph where you've just told them that you can deliver on those three things you know they need done, it's nice to add a thought that's something like, additionally, I am inspired by the company's commitment towards sustainability and would be honored to join a team that does so much to protect the earth. You get it. So you can update that statement based on whatever the cultural nugget is that you've identified and want to speak to. Again, pulling forward the core values and elements of the company and the role and aligning yourself with their greater ambitions. That's what the marriage section is all about. And that takes us to the final element of a strong cover letter, which is the closing. And I do like to keep this brief. This part should be succinct, but direct. Something like, in close, please find my resume further detailing my expertise. If you think we may be a good match, I would appreciate the opportunity to share more with you in person at your convenience. Or another way would be, it would be a privilege to be able to discuss this role with you in person and share a bit more about my qualifications. I'm available to meet at your convenience. So this final paragraph is literally just a closing requesting an interview. That's the key. This is where you close the conversation with grace and graciousness, but open the invitation to connect. So those are the four key parts of your cover letter, right? If you think of them in those elements, your intro, the role, the marriage, and the closing, it's a pretty simple formula to help you populate the letter. But let's also back up here because it is indeed a letter. So we need to be sure to format it and address it as such. So first, you absolutely need to include your details on this cover letter near the top of the page. This is a mistake a lot of people make. Seems simple enough, but include your first and last name near the top of the page. Could be centered. It could be on the right or left hand side and include your email address and your phone number. Okay. If this gets decoupled somehow from your resume in the electronic or paper trail that happens when it goes from person to person, we need to make sure that your information is on the top so they can match it back up, okay? And you also should include a header specific to the position you're applying for, position and company, let's say, that you're applying for. So underneath your contact details, but before your letter begins, before those four parts begin, you should include the date, that you're writing the letter and submitting it. Don't date it and then submit it a week later. (laughs) Let's make sure that that date's up to date. (laughs) Include the company name and the open role you are applying for. And I would also say, if you have the name of the hiring manager, definitely include that or address the letter directly to them. And addressing it directly to them versus a to whom it may concern 
is so much more impactful. A lot of times you can actually find out who the hiring manager is or who the supervisor for the open role is with just a little LinkedIn stalking. So give yourself some time and effort, get on LinkedIn, do a little sleuthing around and then make this letter personalized. That will go far. And then guys, just as important as addressing your letter, you gotta put a closer on that bad boy. So use something really professional and simple like sincerely and then type your name. Don't just sign it, type your name. If you don't like sincerely, a simple thank you will work, but definitely close it off. And then my last tip for you, and I think this is an important one that we often forget in the job application process is, remember that this is a letter. Here's where you can actually be a little less formal and stuffy, a little bit more personable, within reason of course, but let your voice shine through You can drop some of the cliche work terms. Use clear, everyday language to express your genuine interest and enthusiasm as well as your ability. And when you proof this, and please proof it three times, I want you to gut check yourself. Is it polished and professional? Awesome. But is it also you? Is your voice coming through? Because that's important. This is a personal letter to another person, a human being, who's gonna read it and go, is this person a right fit? And a lot of times they are checking the box that you meet those skills and qualifications they posted for, but they also wanna know that you're gonna be a big cultural fit. That's more important than ever these days. So make sure that who you are and your voice really comes through. So guys, that's not that bad, right? Now that you know how to tackle the cover letter in four simple parts, you should really be able to create meaningful ones for each job you apply for. And I do wanna answer a question related to this that's come my way a few times, especially recently, and that's really around the online application and the role of cover letters. So I know a lot of you are being asked to upload a PDF of your resume either to a hiring site or the company's online portal. And oftentimes there's no specific request for a cover letter or a separate upload space for a cover letter. And I wanna tell you, just make the cover letter the first page of your resume and upload it as a single document. Sometimes they ask for Word, most of the time PDF, but combine them into a single unit and upload it that way. Trust me, my advice is to enclose the cover letter no matter what. every episode is take a real life question from you and answer it. And this week's question is one I actually get a lot. And the question is, should I put my photo on my resume? Now, if you take this one to the internet, you're gonna get a lot of mixed reviews. The first thing I wanna share with you guys is If you are applying at a major corporation like Amazon or American Express, you should know that they use automation. Um, You might know the term applicant tracking system. They use automation to review all of the resumes submitted because they get hundreds if not thousands of these things. And 
Applicant tracking systems, known as ATS, are incredibly sensitive to the various elements that may be on your resume. So whether you have a table or characters or even something like a photo, sometimes these automated systems can't read or recognize what the object is and it becomes a whole thing. It might pull you out of a candidate pool, which you don't want. So I do want you to be mindful, just know in general that when you're submitting online to a big old global enterprise, don't include a photo. Uh, It's really gonna throw things off. Now, that aside, a lot of people will say, Absolutely not. Do not include a photo because you do not want to set yourself up to be judged consciously or unconsciously by your appearance, your race, or your gender. And I think we are all aligned to that, right? That is so valid, so true. And we're hopeful that we're coming to a space where that's not happening, but we live in a world with a lot of unconscious bias. So for a lot of reasons, people say, do not include a photo for those reasons. But I do wanna give you a caveat to that rule. In my opinion and experience, there are some instances and some industries where a photo may be okay to include. So let's say you're applying to a really creative company and you wanna showcase your quirky style and personality then a small photo at the header of your resume with your name and contact info would make sense, right? Or let's say you're applying for a very public-facing speaking or sales role, or like someone I just worked with, a TV broadcast role, where appearance is actually a pretty important element of the job. And in that instance, it may make sense to include a small professional headshot at the top of your resume. That doesn't mean adding a page for a headshot. That doesn't mean a huge picture on your resume. Think small, like an icon at the top of your resume near your contact info. Another interesting example that I'll give you guys as food for thought is I recently worked with a thought leader in diversity and inclusion work, and they, are a speaker and a strategist who support a variety of companies. And they wanted to be able to say that they were black and had first person experience on a lot of the subject matter they were talking to companies about. So they opted to include a picture on their resume. And in that instance, it actually really worked. So that's another kind of caveat that I would add to this no photo rule. But what I will say, if you're feeling like a photo could help tell your story, in all of these instances, A photo would work really hard on your LinkedIn profile. I think we often forget about LinkedIn and we likely should do a whole episode on how to maximize your LinkedIn. But I would say updating your LinkedIn with a beautiful professional headshot and then including your LinkedIn address on your resume in your contact section, below your phone number, below your email address, putting that maybe as the last line, um, drives the reader to this separate destination to check you out, to make sure that your experience on LinkedIn aligns with your resume, which God, it should, please do that. But also it's a great spot for them to see you and see a photo of you. And people go to LinkedIn to look for that at times. So if you're feeling like a photo could help tell your story, get a good one, not a selfie, not a picture from 10 years ago, get a professional headshot done and update that LinkedIn profile and then put that URL on your resume. If you have a work question or an idea for a future podcast, like maybe LinkedIn, hit me up. 
This show is really for you, so let me know how I can help you get that job up your dreams. You can contact me by email at connect at tessawolf.com or message me on Instagram at the Yes Pile Podcast. So next week's show, all right, next week, we are going to be talking about how to nail that Zoom interview. That's right, I'll be sharing my best tips and tricks for acing the virtual interview. You're not gonna wanna miss it. I know this is a pain point for so many of us, but I'm gonna talk to you about how to prepare, how to get set up, make sure that tech works flawlessly, and then how to get your personality and positive energy to come through that screen. So you're not gonna wanna miss it. Tune in next week. We're talking about nailing the Zoom interview. Before we go, if today was at all helpful for you and you learned something from the work we did together, please do me a favor and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling extra inspired and generous, please give us a rating and review. For more career advice, inspiration, and fun, follow us on Instagram at the Yes Pile Podcast. Until next time, cheers, everyone.